0: Hello, everybody. This is Mark Kumar, your lifestyle entrepreneur and a proud founder of Simple Podcast Cloud, a platform that is for podcaster by podcaster. And if you're in the market for looking for a podcast hosting company, Check us out at simplepodcastcloud.com and if you listen to the whole show, at the end of the show, we're going to share something amazing with you guys so that way it's going to help us out. So make sure you listen to the whole show and at the end, we are going to be giving away a really special gift that you are going to find it really cool. So without any further ado, today's podcaster who is going to share with you some amazing stuff because he has a wealth of knowledge so i'm not going to say anymore i will (laughs) let him introduce himself and tell about himself, and let's get this party started so go right ahead man
1: hey mark thank you so much for having me on uh chris jordan i am the host of the dudes and beer podcast as well as the host of the talking sound podcast owner of the hc universal network and podcastcadet.com, and online one-on-one podcasting university.
0: See what I mean? This dude is going to definitely add some amazing value to this particular podcast, so make sure you listen to the whole thing. So let me ask you this, Chris. How or why did you start getting into the podcasting, wonderful world of podcasting?
1: I started podcasting many years ago. I spent some time as a teacher and i always loved teaching always loved speaking about subjects that i loved uh after that i spent some time in broadcast and really loved my time in broadcast it was great i was an engineer on broadcast like i told you before the show i'm a live av engineer it's what i do so whether it was mixing the cameras in the studio or you know running a radio studio i just loved the medium uh, of broadcasting and it was after I'd gotten off broadcast and gone back to the world of corporate AV. My wife asked me, uh, what I was going to do. And it, I guess I was, you know, going on 40. It was just one of those things. It was a natural response of, It's time for me to start teaching other audio engineers. Right. I'm almost 40. I've been doing this for 20 years of my life. It's time for me to pass the knowledge on to other people the same way that somebody passed it on to me. Yep. Um, find the next realm of engineer and kind of lift them up into the world. Uh, so Talking Sound was my first show that was really stories about how people got into the world of audio video, whether they were a lighting designer, whether they were an audio engineer, video engineer, you know, film director, what happened. And it was really kind of that exploration of how did you go from, you know, dishing coffee every day to being a film director, like full time, and, and I've interviewed people that were literally like teachers for twenty years and just went out and finally one day retired and started directing films and writing films and stuff. Um, and it was very much my story where I spent time as a youth minister, spent time in various other fields before I found my way into broadcast and before I found my way to this, which has really become. A huge outlet for me it's been fantastic been going about six years now with everything so really six strong years yeah yeah we're on season six of talking sound and year five of dudes and beer so
0: all right awesome man yeah. you First of all, congratulations on doing this this particular amazing thing with six strong ears. Like, wow. That's yeah. really, really inspiring. I know for, I just started last year, and I love the hell out of this thing. And oh, then yeah. yeah. you doing it for six years. I can only really imagine the amount of the, the knowledge. More importantly, the people you have met throughout this journey. I would oh, yeah. love to know how many people have you met that you're like, Wow. Nah, I'm so more fired up than I was yeah, before.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's just it. You know, it it really is just the limit of where you can take it. Um, I've, I've, it's gotten to the point now with Dudes and Beer where it's no longer just people sitting around a table. It's me talking with an expert, whether it's like international authors like, you know, Graham Phillips talking about the search for the Ark of the Covenant. You know, just it's wild. Like talk to Bingo Minerva from... Uh, from Lost Gold of World War II on the History Channel. And yeah, like none of this would have happened if I wasn't podcasting. Um, It's literally, I consider it the fact of I will not be able to push cases around the country my whole (laughs) life. Uh, Nobody wants that dude that just wants to show up and operate the equipment and then leave. If you're not going to set it up, get out of here. So yeah, um, for me, it's very much the fact of I can do this for the rest of my life. I can pass this knowledge on for the rest of my life. As far as like having the podcast university teaching people to podcast and distribute and monetize and you know figuring out a way to make their passion a reality.
0: Awesome, man. That that's great because I, I love the fact that you said you have this knowledge. You want to pass it on to somebody who could use that, and I was. And one point in my life, I was the same boat when I was like yeah. listening to podcasts. Was when I started it, I'm like, I want to listen to it. That's just like whatever, just like anybody else who started to start to listen to it. And then one podcast leads to another podcast leads to another podcast. Yeah. And then 300 podcasts later, it's like, holy crap. I, my cup is full and then it is overflowing of knowledge. Now I want to give it to somebody else. And that's why I started the podcaster for the podcast. Uh, Uh, the entrepreneurs and this is for simple podcast class and like there's other ones that I do as well but the point is like you have so much knowledge and then to contrary to what other people believe like some people who just starting out like this person is an expert he's not gonna share my secret his secret with him with me or anybody else because he's like you know this expert and expert people don't share but on the contrary it's just the opposite so tell me about that I can't hear you. Dude, I cannot hear you.
1: I'm sorry. I guess I hit my mute. (laughs) <laughs> see, that.
0: see, see that's um, that's the, that's the beautiful part about podcasting, it. because <laughs> the, there there are so many things that would, could go wrong but the thing yeah. is the people who are just starting off hey just know that things like that will happen throughout your process up your journey it's okay but you continue on like this this is the beautiful part about you love live on the recording things so that's cool. it
1: yeah and one of one of my big uh people that i love talking to regularly is todd cochran He's the owner and CEO of Blueberry. And you'd be amazed. Like, he is the most regular dude in the world. I've gone out and covered CES with him. Um, Like, it's crazy, but he is like one of the most regular guys in the world you can sit down and have like a beer with and just have a conversation about podcasting. It really is probably amongst everything one of the most because, like, as an audio engineer, there is some of that, like, um, maybe you don't want to teach somebody everything because they're going to come take your job. Um, it's not that way in podcasting. We're, we're a community amongst ourselves. And to, to not help another podcaster means that at some point someone's not going to help you
0: that's exactly what it is it's like all about the mindset it's like the mindset is like I want to keep this wonderful thing to myself yeah, and you know there's yeah. so many other communities out there that does that but within the podcast community it's a beautiful thing because we are literally here to share information with the others so they can grow and experience the thing that we are experiencing Yeah.
1: now, now granted there have been times like uh, I want to say it was an underdog podcast community the other day um, somebody was asking about a specific type of service uh and i'm i as a business owner i'm not one to spam people's businesses out right you know um i've built i've built long relations with marketing companies things like that it was somebody who was like hey i have built up a few companies i have built up this podcast i would like to take you to the next level and i'm looking for a marketing person and i was like feel free to pm me i can hook you up with somebody And somebody responded like, why not give everybody the information? And I was like, well, unfortunately, through years of working with this person professionally, uh, I'm not prone to just give it out because they're going to be inundated with a bunch of leads that are not for them.
0: Right, absolutely. You know,
1: like as a business owner, there's, there's a market that you're trying to hit and a market that you're just trying to weed through. Right. And at the point that they're at, at the agency level that they're at, they are definitely way past the weed out market. So I'm not going to be like, Hey, yeah, go to this company. Cause they're, they're trying to get every Tom, Dick and Harry. All right. Yeah. You know? So, it, and I made that very clear. I was like, if you would like to, if you'd like to feel free to PM me about your show, feel free. And I can vet you. And if you, if you go through a decent vetting process, I'll pass on the recommendation." but I'm not just going to pass out somebody's business name to a thread with 1200 people on it. That's not perfect. That's not professional.
0: Yeah. That does like people who you're going to pass it on. So you may lose the credibility with them. Hey, Chris is just just passing on whatever, you know? Yeah. He's just
1: passing on whatever junk that comes down the line.
0: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. You definitely need to filter those things out. So what I want to ask you is like, let's take it back. Let's take our audience. Back to the journey. Even though you are an audio engineer, this may or may not apply to you. But when you recorded your very, 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 very first podcast episode, tell us your experience about that.
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember episode one of Talking Sound, I think may have been like an introduction to your soundboard. The first few episodes were very instructional where it was like, Here's how to choose a microphone for what you're doing, that kind of stuff um, so for me, I guess it was it was pretty natural it was it wasn't that hard for me like I said, I was used to being up in front of a classroom I was used to teaching people ages four to forty so you know it for me it was pretty natural it wasn't that hard. it was more uh, getting the tech down, mainly because i'm I'm a tech and <laughs> I don't, I don't want tech issues. So, yeah. Right. yeah.
0: So, it was, so so what was your challenge in the beginning that you were like holy crap I can I need to figure this out. I don't understand this.
1: Quite quite honestly the biggest challenge um, which is what I tell everybody is video. Okay. Why video? Um and, and mainly because I have had issue on site with video and just had to release the show as an audio episode. Perfectly fine, um, but it, I think I think it's a big thing right now, especially with all the Facebook feeds, things like that. People incorporating video into their show, and my big question is why? Uh, master the audio part first.
0: Okay.
1: Podcasting is mainly an audio format. Aside from that, it's called a vlog. Um, right. <laughs> you know, you can have a video cast, whatever. Um, but like dudes and beer until it got to the point that I could dependably show things on screen, I didn't want to just show three people sitting around a table, having beer and talking. Now it's the fact that not only do I have the guests there, but I've got articles that we're referring to popping up on screen. I'm bringing up PDFs that we're talking about. I'm showing the audience, the actual content that we're talking about. It's not just two people sitting at a table. Uh, so that that for me was a big part of it and really the fact of uh, sim- simplify things as much as possible. I think most people want to jump in whole hog and don't really take the time to learn one thing before they move on to the next.
0: Okay, so what is the one thing that you feel like people should learn about audio, like in terms of uh, the post-production side or oh, when you recorded,
1: or what? Oh, no, recording. Post production's easy. Post production should be next to nothing, literally. Um, and, and that's mainly due to the fact that once you've captured the audio, it's there for all eternity. If it sounds like you tried to, you know, take poop and polish it, it's going to sound like that forever. You will never be able to fix it. Ever. It won't happen. Right. Uh, and that's, that's, Just the audio engineer's rule. Whatever is on tape, it's on tape. Unless you have a Wayback Machine and you can go back to that point in time and re-record it, it's recorded. Whatever artifact is there, whatever sound is in the background, you're going to have to deal with it. So the better you can get at recording with the same equipment in any environment. Okay.
0: So is there any tips you could share about recording better? better quality i guess you mean or better in what sense
1: most of that most of that is really just knowing your equipment being practiced with your equipment that's that's really the main part is time on equipment um that's what most people tend to lack because they're not they're not audio engineers um i did an episode Probably about two, three seasons ago now, we're talking sound about the old concept of ten thousand hours to be a professional. Okay. Um, it used to be a concept that was taught in workshops and in sales meetings all the time. Was that, you know, once you have ten thousand hours or something, you can call yourself a professional. Uh, that's what the that's what the whole apprenticeship program, like apprentice to master, was based off ten thousand hours, and. That basically equates to 30 hours a week for five years Wow so that once you get to that amount of time on gear you can say you're a professional until then uh, the question is how much time are you spending practicing with your gear are you just turning it on for one hour a week and hitting record and then you're done and you wonder why you don't get good results or are you practicing with your equipment beforehand same thing as taking a guitar lesson it's great if you it's great if you're good at the lesson did you practice it during the week
0: right i guess the same analogy would be like for example if michael jordan were to get on the yeah. basketball court for the very first time and thinking that he's going to be great as he was before yeah. not going to happen the the, or, the practice part is what made him better
1: or to think that not practicing daily once he's at that point even though you're still at that point it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be practicing um prime example right now i am not on the road doing my trade on the daily uh i am used to being out unloading 18 wheelers full of gear setting up shows doing things like that putting up a show three days later we take it down fly across the country and we do a totally different show. New trucks of gear show up, new client. That's, that's a reflex muscle. Right. Um, it's something that has to be exercised regularly. And now it's the point of uh, once the industry resprings, will the show just go into my COVID nap time? Like you're really cutting into my nap time now. I'm, I'm used to being self-employed at home, not self-employed on the road. Uh, I'm used to being asleep. so but but the fact is in all sincerity aside from that i still pull out my equipment uh i still get in the back room i tinker like not too long ago i got the new tascam uh 12 input mixer so always trying to learn always trying to stay on top of new equipment new toys new tools Uh, It is an ever evolving process. Once you get into it professionally for those that are just doing a show, um, get, get it to a decent audio quality. You'd be surprised what you can get. Like this little mic right here that I'm wearing is a, it's a $30 microphone. As long as it's placed properly, that's all you need. Um, Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I all these things like in terms of interviews, even from my own personal experiences, equipment is not as important as compared to the content that you produce for your show. That's
1: right. That's right. It's it's all about content. Right. It's all about content. I mean you can you can have bad audio. It's okay. Like I said, I've released shows with bad audio and I'm an audio engineer. Uh. <laughs> Which is
0: ironic because you would think you would want to perfect it down to the T until it sounds 100%. Then you'd be like, okay, well, I want to redo it again.
1: I feel for all these people that literally sit around and edit a 45-minute show. And it takes them like three... I, Guilty as I charge. I, I don't edit. I just I come from the broadcast background. So it's like, okay, like it trips most people out because I literally fire the intro, I do my do my commercial, roll into the show. And then I hit my outro and I'm like, okay, thanks. We're done. Chris, I'll tell you what, the very no, first no episode, the first,
0: few, first <laughs> few episodes of my show, it literally took me eight hours to edit yeah. it. And at that time, I felt like I wasn't not happy with the quality, but I yeah. released it anyway. And now, almost a year later, I'm into the point where it's just conversation, zero production, off you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And literally you'll find that most of the time the audience isn't like, I don't go through and get rid of ums. I just don't. Uh, I worked in broadcast for years. We had people on the phone that were like senators, stuff right. like that. They ummed all day long. What, what are you going to do? Edit Ross Perot? No, like the show went out live. You're not going to edit it. It was right. live.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and I think, I think that's what it is. Like sometime you just need to understand like if you look at a pizza, right? Pizza as a whole, people want a pizza. They don't care about if one of part of the slice, like one inch of the slice, is bad. You know, yeah. they don't care. What what the the content? Yeah. Like you said, like you and, I, you and I agree with it. Content is the king. As long yeah. as your overall concept That's of right. the content is great, and someone can actually use it, then you're good. The quality is not as important. It's still important, but That's not right. as important. So, That's
1: right.
0: So speaking of content, how I'm assuming your shows are interview based or what I also call as a club based where you have mm-hmm. three people coming together and having fun, you know, just grew, yeah. creating content. How, what, um, how, how do you go about creating content in that respect?
1: Well, talking sound is very much an interview. It's just okay. my saying and dudes and beer has become that way as well. Uh, and thankfully, um, I think when Dudes & Beer started, I had a fantastic concept and I'm still working under that premise. And the premise was that um, America was founded in a bar. It was founded by a bunch of guys in a bar going, hey, you know what we need to do? Get out from (laughs) underneath that king over there. Um, So why is it that we can't talk about religion and politics and economics in bars anymore? That's kind of how this whole philosophic experiment of a country started. Uh, And you wonder what stymied us. That's why. Uh, So we talk a lot about fringe topics. We talk a lot about things that the media doesn't cover. Um, And in the last two, three years since I've been on the road so much, it got to where I was not in studio. Uh, So I would dial in and my co-host and friend would be there, you know, things like that. But it at the same time got to where I was getting guests on that were pretty prominent guests and they would come on regularly and want to come on regularly. So I was like, well, no offense guys. Like I enjoy us sitting back and having a beer and stuff, but I'm about to get rid of the studio. Cause I'm there one Tuesday a <laughs> month now instead of 10 days a month. I'm there one day a month. Right. Uh, so it's just not worth me spending the money right. uh, when I have everything at home that's 10 times better than what's in that studio. So I was like, I'm just going to start producing it from home and, you know, uh, probably just going to take it to a one-on-one interview format. And I think that really was kind of our first realm of rebranding where it really brought it much to a much more focused aspect um, than what it was. Not that it wasn't enjoyable, not that it wasn't great. We did fantastic stuff, uh, in those three years, like going up to Meekam Auction and doing five-hour-long broadcasts live from there. You know, we we had some great strides. We did some great things. But it was definitely one of those, once I got to a focused format, mm-hmm. the numbers definitely rose.
0: Oh, yeah. Speaking of numbers, what is your analytic numbers, like you say, that you were like, okay, if I'm heading that number I know I'm doing good. So what do you consider a success in terms of a podcast show?
1: Well, I mean, I've got some regular numbers. Really what I consider more of a success is my reach on social media. Uh, And I can typically tell which guests I want to have back on. Okay. Because I know what my numbers are organically. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. I, I know whenever I share something to my page, it gets this many hits regardless. Like, it'll typically get about five, 600 hits. Um, and I'm good with that. But whenever I have a really good guest on, that number will jump to like 2,500, 3,000. Because that guest is out there promoting the post.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I
1: can, I can tell. A lot of hosts don't look at that stuff. They don't metric that. Like, those are the guests that I want to have back on. Right. Because they're the ones that are sharing the content.
0: Absolutely, and then those are the ones, obviously, right, because you and, are you are doing your part, they're doing their part, so it becomes like 50-50 yeah. as compared to you just oh. doing it, and the guest is like
1: and, and believe me, it is not the famous people. It's not. Talking sound, I have had, like, I've interviewed the, the uh, creator of Qbert. That was awesome. Um, he did a great job putting things out. I had one guy who was a PR guy. Uh, out of Houston, wanted to wanted to start bringing me people that he worked with, artists, okay. things like that. Um, brought me one, interview went all right. Uh, I sent him a preview copy, and he saw fit to release the copy. And I was like, no, 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 no. Number one, you can't release my show. It doesn't work that way. Uh, <laughs> you need to pull that down immediately. Um, the second show, we had some sort of technical issue. The third um he literally just flipped out. Had this horrible, horrible issue, and oh, dude, I'm not even joking. Uh, and the the second interview that I did was with a pretty prominent musician. You know, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Right. I, just I
0: understand. I understand. Not,
1: not because of what I'm about to say. Okay. Um, and for those who know, he he was the studio drummer for Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp, things like that. He's the drummer for like Chickenfoot, all kinds of stuff. Um, pretty famous guy. Like when I when I talked to him, he had to hold the interview for thirty minutes because Joe Satriani just walked in to get a disc of drum tracks from him. So, interview had to be held. Cool, whatever. Great interview went off awesome. Um. Guy, guy started going crazy. It was like, oh, I brought you all these famous people. I was like, they did nothing. He was like, well, what are you talking about? He's huge. He's he's done this and that. You know, He wrote a book that was forwarded by Neil Peart. I'm like, okay. And I sent him a screenshot of the shares. Right. I was like, I metric everything. Right. All of it. Your guest shared this 38 times. I was like, Here's a local hip hop artist who has 3,000 shares. Why is it that your local hip hop artist is out promoting his stuff more than you're promoting him as a PR agent or more than he is promoting himself? Yeah. Uh, and he was like, Oh, I'm going to tell him you said that. I'm like, Feel free. Seems like you as a PR agent are not doing your job. If this little hip hop dude from Austin, Texas can beat out your numbers by like a thousand fold. Right. Like he had 3000 views on his episode. You had 38. (laughs) Yep. So it's not, it's not about having famous guests. It's not famous guests are cool. But they don't always bring in the listens. They aren't always the one out there socially sharing things. And in this game, it really is about that person that socially shares. Um, it's about that person that is helping you pull your cart to the end as well.
0: Right. Like I said before, it's like a 50-50 thing. You don't want a person yeah. who is like taking 100, like you doing the promotion part, And yeah. the person who you're interviewing is like, thank you. I'll take it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, you know, hey, it may be a great interview um i've had people that were mediocre interviews back on because their shares were out of control okay like hey if you're gonna get out there and you're gonna promote my show like that you can have my airwaves anytime
0: okay. <laughs> so so, so let, let's take one step for uh, back let's say if Whoever you're going to interview, what are your uh, qualification? Let's just say that you wanna say if this person has A, B, and C, then he can come in the show. I can interview or have him on the show. What is your validation check for that?
1: Uh, first thing is always brand. Is it okay. as as a former on-air producer, is is it on brand? Is it what we're about? Does it fit within that three-sentence mission statement? And if you as a podcast do not have a three to five sentence mission statement that this is what we are about, sit down and do it. Um, It will focus your show like you'll never believe because that's all it takes. That's that's test number one from anybody that asks you to be on the show or anybody that someone on the show says, hey, let's get them. All you ever have to do is pull out that description. Does it fit this description if it doesn't, we don't need to have it on. Gotcha. That's, that's test number one right there. Number two, is it is it something that my audience can learn from or better themselves with? Right. Uh, is it a social, especially with dudes and beer, is it a social issue that's going on right now? Is it some kind of news issue that's going on right now that maybe needs some decoding or, you know, demystification for the common man? Right. So, yeah it's those are my those are my two really big litmus tests is is it on brand with my show to begin with and is it within what my stated goal of the show is and is it something that my audience will learn and better themselves from
0: right and i think i was going to ask you how do you go about creating content but you said uh, like if you're doing a do with do it with podcast show and if it's within the whatever people are talking about it can't be talked about that part in it because then you know you have yeah. something to talk about what people care about like yeah. for example not too long ago black life matter that was the hot topic yep did you have anybody from that kind of uh environment to come to on your show or did you
1: uh that? that one's that one's a little bit hard mainly because black lives matter doesn't have a centralized leadership anymore Uh, whenever it first started it did but it doesn't necessarily anymore so whenever you're talking to one Black Lives Matter group in Austin it may be a totally different message from the one in Houston Um, so really more what we talked about during that time was having people on um, that were security professionals that kind of stuff talking about about the things that were going on in Oregon Uh, one of the things that happened right as Uh, Everything really happened um, in Minneapolis was uh, Dudes and Beer was actively contacted by members of Anonymous, uh, which was pretty incredible. Um, I've got a few connections just with the way the show has gone in my past broadcast experience. I have a few connections in the intelligence field, that kind of stuff uh, that come on the show, that kind of things, And that is who they came through. Um, they were like, listen, we know you've been on the show. We've heard the show. We think that this guy is pretty legit in the fact that he, he will at least give us a platform without okay. question. Um, and that's what it was. It wasn't necessarily like they were kind enough to answer a couple of questions about who they are, what they do, that kind of stuff. But aside from that, it was literally me giving my platform over to Anonymous for them to say like, hey, Minneapolis Police Department, we have hacked your computers. We have dirt on every single one of your police officers. If we do not see arrests within the next 24 hours, this will start coming out. Um, and 20 minutes before that episode went live to the internet, my website came under active DDoS. So, yeah, like I, I had members of Anonymous in the background, like swatting people away from my server like actively trying to take down my show. Uh, it was pretty wild. It was, it was very interesting. Um, but that one, um, believe it or not, was not one of the largest listened to episodes over the last four months. And and that was anonymous. Like they don't, they don't go on Fox news or CNN or anything like that, you know? So, uh, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a, Even something like that, something that's huge and breaking on that realm, because it was announced that Anonymous had hacked the computers.
0: Right.
1: You know? So it's like, how did that little news tidbit that I covered not make the major radar anywhere, that this podcast <laughs> had Anonymous on it? <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> how did you not get
1: in the news interview? How did, how you did know? that not happen? So, right. yeah. Right. That's... Um, but it it is really more about like have fun with your show, enjoy your show. I'm one of those people. If, I'm not gonna do a show that I wouldn't listen to. Right. I'm not gonna have a guest on that I wouldn't want to listen from, you know, that I wouldn't want to sit around and listen to for two or three hours. Right. Uh so yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely I think that's one of the things is like when people think about creating a show, it's like, hey, what kind of show should I have? What niche yeah. do I cover? So I think you hit it right on the nail. Is like, hey, if you can listen to your own show, that's a good show. Because yeah. when you're gonna tell other people about it, you're gonna be pretty excited and not be like, hey, my show is X Y Z, and they go listen and Yeah, it, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. I mean, I, I love podcasting. That's half the reason that I started Podcast Cadet to be able to go out and do workshops. And there are so many people out there that want to start a show, that have an idea. And this this market, this world of podcasting has literally taken off over the last six years. Um, The last six years has really been the podcasting revolution as we know it now, uh, where major platforms have started coming into play now.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. You and, know, so the other day I was on Facebook. Of people like uh, I, I forgot what it was. It was Pandora or iHeartRadio. I think it was one of them advertising. Hey, come listen to the podcast that we have here. So people are definitely taking yeah. notice on it. So well, can you can you talk about this podcast cadet uh, platform that you have? I would love to hear more about that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like I said, it's. A- It's really a one-on-one consultation service, Uh, whether you're thinking about starting a show, whether you have a show that you're already starting, don't really know the tech, need a helping hand with that, Uh, whether you need help with branding, distribution, monetization. We have one-on-one workshops to help make you a better host, to learn a little bit of improv and, you know, be able to work one-on-one with your co-host, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's really been great uh, over the last couple of years. My wife and I have been going out and uh, teaching at podcast festivals, that kind of stuff. So what what in it's the world is fantastic. a
0: podcast festival?
1: <laughs> I never yeah. heard of I'd never heard of a such
0: thing. That podcast. Oh yeah. Festival. What is that thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Literally, it's like a two or three day long conference, like like what I do, uh, where I go out and do like an insurance conference for two or three days. It's except it's people up on stage like Todd Cochran, head of blueberry, giving a talk for an hour about how to pick the right host for your stuff. Um, Going to workshops like my wife puts on uh, for improv for hosts, you know, learning, learning to speak extemporaneously, learning to think outside of the box and be a little bit more witty than you might typically be Um, that kind of stuff. So, uh, even me going out and teaching our podcast boot camp, uh, we typically do that at Comic-Cons, that kind of stuff, where it's, yeah, huge audience at Comic-Cons, because most of them are podcast listeners and love podcasts, so they want to start one. Um, and we, we provide things at a very affordable rate, very, very affordable, uh, so yeah, it, it really makes it easy for you to be able to learn the tech one-on-one. Um, which is what I think is really the important thing is that, that one-on-one section, you can always be in a class with three or four people. Like we do our podcast boot camp, Um, and whenever we've done that, it's normally about 50 to a hundred people in a room for a couple of hours. Um, but when you get that one-on-one time, it really does help bridge the gap a little bit faster. As far as technology, figuring things out like distribution, uh, branding, web and, Don't even ask yourself whether or not to have a URL, folks. Go buy your domain name. Just do it. Do it. Um, You are doing yourself and your brand a disservice. If you ever intend on going beyond episode 30, just go buy a website. Do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, absolutely because like what i see a lot of people who do the podcast interviews they go out what they call is the podcast uh, interview uh, stream things whatever you yeah. want to call it where they go out there and then they put in their uh what you call their yeah, instagram url or facebook yeah. or youtube or uh, apple url and yep. if you somebody just think about it this way if somebody listen to their your show when they car radio or car stereo or, or they have their uh, on the iPod plugged in, whatever, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever, they listen yeah. to it, right? The key part here is that listening to what you are saying. So if you give them this long URL, yeah. nobody's going to remember it. Like, for yeah. example, podcastcadet.com is very simple to remember. If you don't remember, you like, podcast? Want to be a cadet? PodcastCadet.com yeah. or MarkKumar.com. It's very that's simple. Right. You just go there or SimplePodcastCloud.com. You just go yeah. there. So URL is definitely, definitely, I 100% agree. It's definitely important to have, and that's the call to action you want to drive yeah. your particular listener
1: to. Yep. Well, especially nowadays with everything going on with Anchor, Spotify, all these different platforms, you um, I did an episode recently. A big, big issue has been the RAA compliance uh, with ASCAP and BMI. And what a lot of people don't realize is that they, they've been able to skirt the radar, Mark. They, they've been able to fly under the radar for a long, long time. And that's why they think they're going to be able to keep flying. But the right. problem is, as a former broadcast person, the one thing I've been saying that has started to happen now is broadcast has been riding our coattails and they finally realized it. They finally realized that we as podcasters have stolen their listeners. Yep. And that's because when they're out of their car and in the gym, nobody's using a radio anymore. They're gonna listen to their podcast while they're working out or while they're jogging. When they walk into their office, they can't log in to the radio station on the URL, but they can log into their podcast on their phone.
0: Absolutely. We so, as a podcasters are now, gonna do I'm sorry not to cut you off. I'll I'll
1: let you finish. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, the the important thing to remember is that because now every single radio show and TV show that you watch, like morning shows, like, hey, after the show, tune into the podcast. Hey, when we're off the air, make sure to tune into the podcast. So that radio station that pays ASCAP and BMI now has a podcast. Now ASCAP and BMI are like, we need to turn our algorithms to Anchor. Yep. We need to turn our algorithms to Spotify and Apple where they were not there before. Yep. And now it's going to be a totally different game and get ready for that hammer to start coming down out there folks cuz even myself like I use my own music and I am a registered ASCAP BMI musician. Okay. I get warnings about my own music. Really? Not even joking. I get warnings that, like, somebody's used your music. Yeah, I know. That's my podcast. <laughs> I own the podcast. Nice to meet you again. Uh, and every few months, I have to tell ASCAP and BMI, hey, yeah, that's me. Here's my ASCAP BMI number. Here's the song that you're talking about. My name's Chris Jordan. I also perform as No Disassemble. That's my music. <laughs> Don't find them. <laughs> the final just be split between the two of us anyway.
0: Right. So. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What I was gonna say was like that we as a podcaster are gonna do what Netflix did to Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Literally. Oh, yeah you know how when blockbuster back in yep. the day way way back in the day they were popular and netflix came out you can listen to or watch actually watch your videos right at home first it started with the yep. dvd Dude. then it went on the own yeah. streaming and now it's like blockbuster is gone like this is yeah. what's going to happen to radio sooner or later podcasters are going to kill it and radio is going to be absolutely pretty soon not sooner enough, <laughs> but pretty soon
1: I I wouldn't say necessarily, and mainly due to the fact of frequencies in the FCC and and just the upkeep of that, but the one thing that I would say that we would probably see before the end of radio is you and I have have an FCC license to operate a website, because don't forget, the internet is now under the auspice of the FCC, so now that we are officially broadcasting something... (laughs) Exactly. Be ready. It could very well happen in the next few years. And whenever I signed up as a uh, ASCAP BMI publishing house, mm-hmm. my music distributor was like, you only needed to sign up as an artist. Why'd right. you do that? I was like, I own a podcast network. It's probably in my best interest to go ahead and register as a publishing house because it's not going to be too long before we start getting royalties for people using our clips.
0: Absolutely, you know that it's just coming. as a matter of time. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So, it literally so is.
1: It's yeah. it's regular conversation if you if you follow the threads in radio broadcasting. If you follow the threads on, uh, like just your your average FCC billboard and all that kind of stuff. Yeah
0: absolutely man man what i want to ask you next is like uh so far first of all thank you so much for providing this
1: amazing
0: content it's been amazing talking to you what i wanted to ask you was next is that if we were to have a podcast somebody Mm -hmm. who's just starting out he has he or she has no experience whatsoever. They just got introduced to the whole wonderful world of podcasting because they heard Joe Rogan made ten million dollars sure, sure. or yeah. whatever. So, what advice would you give that particular individual? Just, just give an individual a name so you could be like referring to it. So, let's just give him a John. John okay. Smith, whatever, All right? So John Smith. Starting out, he's twenty-five. He wants to get into the podcasting world. What advice would you give him? so that he can have his podcast up and running as fast as way possible. Up and running meaning he can list it into the iTunes and on all those podcasts directly so people can listen to it.
1: Sure. Uh, Really, my my first piece of advice for anybody starting a show is decide right now whether or not you want to make money with it. Okay. Decide from day one whether you want to monetize. You don't have to focus on monetization to start off with. But if you want to monetize, you need to start building your brand from day one. You need to, like I said, have that clear, concise three to five sentence. This is what we're about. We do not stray from it. Uh, otherwise, your your audience doesn't know what you're about. Um, so it's really that branding. Make sure that you have a clear, concise direction that you're headed in and that you mm-hmm. want to cover. some Some kind of message that you want to get across something like that there's 101 people out there with shows that are 10 people sitting around talking those are cool too you know um i I got a couple of them on my network that do decent um but for me whenever i'm looking for shows it's normally something like this where i want to hear about a specific topic um one of one of my big things was um and that i try to remind people is that radio isn't dead it's it's just back to AM radio. It's just back to talk radio. That's all. That's right. all that's taken over is people have realized that talk radio is what's more important yep. than hearing the same ten songs for an hour. You know, um, like you could tune out, tune back in an hour later, and hear probably a good three, four of the same songs you heard a couple hours ago. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, people have definitely started to see that. It's a rigged game out there, and that podcasting is really the, the independent way to go. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's really about brand. Figure out what you're going to be about. Figure out what your show's about, and stick to it.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. And the next question is like, if someone were to create a podcast, what would be your advice? Whether to do it a what they call it, a weekly one or mm. season one, or what are the benefits one over the other?
1: Hmm. Now, see, it's an interesting question because talking sound is seasonal. Dudes okay. and beer is episodic. Um, <laughs> dudes and beer, I have never missed a Tuesday. Okay, it started off on a Tuesday, and it has been live on Tuesday since day one. Oh. Um, so that that that's just been what it is uh talking sound i've done in seasons and mainly because sometimes there's a lot going on in the industry in a season sometimes i'm so busy like there are seasons with eight episodes like i wasn't even able to put one out a month and it's sad because like that's one of my favorite shows it is literally about what i love uh, and what i live day to day is tech and av uh, right. So I've been I've been trying over the last year year and a half to really devote a lot more to that. Make sure that I do it at least once a month. Um, it really depends on the show. Like dudes and beer, I could not see doing once a month. I literally couldn't. Um, but that's it's because, too it's too
0: much fun not to do it every week.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, number one, it, whenever I first started it, it was very much the fact that I started dudes and beer so that i would get out of the house once a week the only the only thing i left the house for was a gig that was it and maybe i would hang out and have a beer after okay but typically it was like i'm done with my gig i'm going home so like at 40 years old it was like dude i need to have a life again i don't have a life <laughs> so the idea was you know everybody bring a six pack and a couple of topics we'll sit around and we'll all have each other's beer and we'll enjoy some conversation for the night and record it um and that's why the the tagline is solving the world's problems 12 ounces at a time uh
0: interesting tagline
1: (laughs) so yeah and it it really is uh for me i couldn't imagine doing dudes and beer less because the news cycle and the way that things happen happens so rapidly um And for me, it's much, much better to be doing it once a week. Uh, Whatever your production schedule is, figure out what you can do, Mm -hmm. what your load can bear. And when I say your load, I mean you, host, you, 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 you. Don't depend on anybody else to be editing your show. Even if you have three other dudes in the studio with you, be ready to be the only dude editing and putting up your show. Just saying it. Yep. Just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being real. And that comes from a from a history of rock and roll. Uh, mm-hmm. I started my career off as an AV technician in rock and roll. And I follow a lot of the same principles that are like the formula of success for a local rock and roll where... If you spend three hours for every one hour in the studio promoting that one to three ratio, we practiced for one hour this week. Now let's all go out and promote the band for three hours, whether it's on social media, whatever. If you all do that, you will be successful. It will happen. (laughs) It may take a little time, but it will happen, you know, and like, it took, it took five years almost for the Dudes and Beer group to grow to the point that it has where it's self-sustaining. People post their own articles. People start their own conversations. It's been great. Um, but one of, the, one of the first articles I read whenever I started getting into podcasting six, seven years ago um, was Get Ready to Be Alone. Get Ready to Be Alone. Get ready to talk to yourself and be okay with talking to yourself. Yep. Be ready to know that the content that you're putting out is good. Just remember that you are one fish in a sea of hundreds of thousands of fishes. Not just that, as of January this last year, there were over a million podcasts and growing. Yep. So, like we were saying with the URL the url is like a gps that you put on your fish and if you want to show the world where your fish is you better have a gps tag on it whenever you put it out into the ocean folks because otherwise it's going to be like hey i heard you grew a fish where's it at uh it's out there (laughs) somewhere somewhere I bet you could find it if you looked, (laughs) you know, and then you can start up a URL three years later and good luck ever getting your URL to top up in searches over iTunes or anchor or whatever. Like they will have all your high dollar traffic. You'll never be able to overtake them. Yep. So
0: (laughs) that that definitely solid advice. And you know, like what you said, build your brand, have a URL because if you start that from day one, Your show may not take off right away, but as it takes off, people are going to be like, wow, you're good. Well, and
1: like I said, I lean on my experience from rock and roll, and it was very much the same thing with musicians where it was like, hey, guys, we can get together and drink all night and rehearse. That's cool. But we'd probably be a lot more functional if we all just rehearsed and then drank. (laughs) Because I would come in, they would ask me to come in and be their full-time sound engineer. And I'd be right. like, okay, but I'm going to be wearing a producer hat. And when you suck, I'm going to tell that you you suck. suck. <laughs> and I'm going to have video of it. Right. And you're going to get to watch how sucky you were. Right. Because you decided to drink. So we can either decide to be the drunk band that comes in and drinks up our bar tab all night. Or we can decide to be the professional band that comes in, demands to get paid. And maybe has a couple of beers.
0: <laughs> Definitely a productive way to do it, you know.
1: So, Definitely. But you have to decide that from the beginning. If you go in as the band that just drinks up their earnings every night, that's all that the bar is ever gonna see you as. Right. And they're never whenever you finally decide to be serious about it, they'll never take you seriously because you never took yourself seriously from the beginning. Absolutely. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And this part of the show, what I want to do is I want to give you the floor to share anything you want, any place where people can get in touch with you or anything at all. The floor is all yours.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, you can always reach me at the HC Universal Network. That is my podcast network. You can stop by there. Tons of great content, probably about 13 shows, Dudes and Beer, Yes, But Why podcast. Uh, Scary Dad. Good Lord, we got a fantasy football podcast on there. Uh, gentlemen, no class. If you're into the guys sitting around a table and talking bit, um, all kinds of stuff. So even growing there, uh, podcastcadet.com is of course my big thing that uh, we've been doing a lot of lately since COVID really hit. Uh, there's been a lot of people wanting to start up shows and really taking that initiative. Um, the big thing is like turning your business into a show, starting a show around your business. Right. Um, And really using that as a means by which to get word about your business out, things like that. So we've seen a lot of people coming in, starting podcasts dedicated around their business, uh, really trying to focus their advertising toward that. So um, and we've seen quite a few people coming to us trying to rebrand old shows um, where they've just had time now to sit back and work on it the way that they haven't before, you know, Um, because now they have all this unabridged time. So they're literally like, wow, uh, how, does, how does this work? Like, oh, my God, I have time to figure this out now, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Dudes and Beer every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, talking Sound, whenever I get good interviews for Talking Sound. Uh, we've got a great one coming up this week, actually, with some people about the uh, podcast ignition system, which is great. I'll have to talk to you about that off air, my friend. But you need to have her on because there is some uh, there is some really good stuff being done up around there. Oh, so
0: man. awesome, man! Thank you so much for once again, Chris, for being here. It's truly Absolutely. been a pleasure. And now it's part of the show where we are gonna share the thing that we talked about earlier. Uh, that is the giveaway that we're giving away until Ooh. end of September. Uh, one year of complimentary. Uh subscription to our platform, which is simplepodcastcloud.com. And in order for you to enter it, basically what you're gonna do is just leave us a positive review in iTunes and take a screenshot of it and email it to us at sport at simplepodcast.com. And then you would be the one to enter into win that particular membership. We're gonna pick five, a lucky winner on September 30th. And if you are the lucky one, we'll give you an email. So make sure you leave us a good review and send us a screenshot of it and we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right.